Welcome to the Real Life Podcast with Kurt and Katie Atkins as we discuss our life and how we navigate to win. On today's episode, we will be discussing how the words we speak produce the life that we have. This is episode four, season one. We're back in the great Flathead Valley after three wonderful weeks in Kona Kalu. It's a beautiful, Hawaii. beautiful day. We've been blessed actually with blue sky, which is very abnormal for this type of year in the valley that we're from. I kind of feel like I'm sitting across from a... But when your lover's got beautiful blue eyes, it just matches the sky. <laughs> Today we had a wonderful workout at the gym. We, uh, we did. did a little, did a little leg exercises and lifting, and then, then we had a little... Uh, boxing time which was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun we were warming Torched up our short shoulders and burnt out our backs it was great we were warming up with some shadow boxing and it was pretty cute because <laughs> my lover would do his uh, little one-two combo and then he'd do a little hip action uh, always makes me laugh so it's always fun to run at life I'm really blessed that we do everything together and it's a little different than what our life used to be like before we kind of had an understanding of really the power in uh, words. And really, we know that it's a spiritual principle, right? The life and death, the biblical is life and death or in the power of the tongue. But it's across all success principles talk about that if you're speaking positive words, you're starting to believe the positive words that you're speaking, and then naturally your life becomes what you speak. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Uh, life and death is the power of the tongue, and we all eat the words that we speak. So we either speak life into our situation and get results of life, or we speak death into those situations, and it becomes miserable and unbearable. And from our own personal experience, so when we when we didn't understand that, we got really negative, really down. You know, everything was a crisis. If you know. We kind of operated from the fight-or-flight stance. If one of us wasn't fighting, the other one was running away. We had a really, I know, I can't even really believe that our marriage and our relationship used to be so different, but an example that honestly just popped into my head was, it was probably in 2007 or 2008, and everything was a struggle because our mindset was that life was going to be hard and we had to endure and I and was, we didn't think we were worthy of good things. Right. And we were both unhappy in our relationship. We had a business tie together, so we didn't know how to part ways and do all that. And I'm so blessed that we didn't do that now. But I remember several times I'd go, man, if Kurt didn't have such a nice family, it would be so much easier to just leave him. And I know that he had similar, I don't know if you... If she didn't have such a nice booty, it would be really good. <laughs> he didn't ever talk that way. He didn't. <laughs> but that's it. When it looks as good and as it is, it's 
It's hard to no. I'm just being. <laughs> I'm just joking around. He's trying. It was to make just a blush. really. It was just a really tar- hard time in our life. Uh, we didn't. We didn't really. Uh, we didn't know each other because we didn't know ourselves. Right. We didn't realize that we were worthy of good things. So we. Everything in our life was a struggle. If we made a lot of money, we blew had it. nothing to show for it. <laughs> we blew it on foolish, childish things because we didn't understand. You know, we could we could produce the life that we desired by speaking about the life that we desired. And it was really at this time that we got some incredible mentors in our life. And through that mentorship, they taught us about the power of uh, filling our mind with positive things. And so we started reading a lot of self-help books. We started listening to a lot of highly successful people who had had their life transform and I remember thinking it was never going to happen. And now it's crazy to look back and think of how fast it happened, if that makes sense. And so we've talked on the last couple of episodes about planting. This is kind of a gardening. We, maybe we could do a gardening show with Kurt and Katie Atkins. <laughs> we talked about the power of planting the seeds in our heart. Right. And watching that come into fruition. We've also talked about wanting to tend to the garden, right? And so this is really the seed. It's really just more of the planting. What are we planting in our heart? You know, are you planting to win or are you planting to lose? Mm -hmm. And if you're planting to win, then you you get a fruitful crop. You know, it's... there's, There's a lot of spiritual truths to how you feel about yourself is you know, comes from the belief that you have about yourself. and I kind of feel like I'm sitting across from a, a little brownie bite. I've been calling him my little brownie bite because of the nice suntan. So, sorry, I get distracted. It's kind of like when a good-looking guy sitting right in front of you, it's hard to stay on point. But I'm trying, honey. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> That's the joy. That's the joy of living life and experiencing life. What Katie was just talking about, it's getting a tan and... Uh, enjoying the waves and the ocean and snorkeling and boogie boarding and relaxing and enjoying, you know, fabulous food because we, we did what we're talking about. You know, we're certainly not experts and know everything on every subject, but what we can do is we can share our experience and, you know, and what, what we did to get from, um, poverty to to pretty uh moderate to great success and we you know when we're talk poverty it was it's not just finances it was our relationships our you know certainly our our marriage was was pretty broken and broke and you know our relationship with our son was struggled at a lot of times because we didn't understand anything and you know, so why we're sharing podcasts and why we're, you know, published a book was to give people some tools and some real life experience on how to get from point A to point B. When point A is devastation and destruction and chaos and turmoil, how do you get out of it? Right. How I did, think. How did you get out of it, Katie? Well, I we continue to talk about it and. Um, is I started to have to change what was going in to produce a new output. 
and my biggest struggle was uh, worthiness and self-worth. I, you know, if I remember at my dad's funeral, I had a, a old teacher of mine come up to me and she said, Katie, what happened to you? Because if anybody knew me growing up, I wanted to blend into the curtains. I didn't want to, like, I'd get almost nauseous of the idea of getting called on to have to either read or answer a question in school to be able to speak in front of people was was very hard. I remember thinking if I just don't show up then maybe through osmosis somehow I'm going to pass the class. And so school was a challenge for me because of my belief in myself. And so when I got around people who lived life different and looked at life different, I had to first allow myself to be vulnerable with somebody. And what I mean by that is I had to be able to tell somebody that my biggest obstacle was feeling worthy and really the way that my self-image or the way that I viewed myself. And I was blessed that I found that and a good friend. Uh, she became a good friend through the process. I think it was easy. She was in Colorado. Her name is Marthy. Jaeger and I used to talk to her for a long time on the phone and I had the ability. I had come out of 12-step recovery and what I mean by that is I I don't know how much my vulnerability was produced by ego of trying to be somebody that I didn't know I could be and so when I had my association before Marthy there was a lot of facade that went along with it because I, I was coming into a place of leadership, but at the same time I didn't have the self-image developed to stand behind that, and so it was only fleeting. And so with Marthy being in Colorado, I could be vulnerable with her, and I could share certain ideas or concepts or beliefs that I had about myself, and she just loved me. She just loved me through it all, never judged me. She never told me how what I needed to do. She never bait and switched me by saying you need to do these things and if you don't do these things and change then I can't mentor you. She just loved me and accepted me and just listened. And so that was probably the first key was being able to just be vulnerable and to just throw it out there. Knowing that if I threw it out there there was a chance that she could say oh my god you are so messed up I don't want anything to do with you. But the beautiful thing about humanity is I think when we're vulnerable, then it allows the person that we're being vulnerable with to show their truest sense of love and compassion and understanding. And so for me, vulnerability was probably the biggest piece, followed then by reading and listening. Right. And for me, it definitely was a different because I grew up differently than Katie. And, you know, my experiences leading up to that was having it once we got a good mentor that could tell us, hey, this is this is what you need to do to get you know, at least your finances in order a little bit or your relationship in a little bit in order. Those things happened, but the problem with them is it became work. And until I personally changed how I, how I viewed God and how I thought God viewed me, that I wasn't, it was, I was tired and worn out. Once I realized that to me, God is total love and total acceptance and totally just loves me unconditionally and embraces me whenever he can, that then I began to see myself the way God sees, sees me, which is victorious and a winner and perfectly created. And in that, then I, I was able to, you know, absorb what people were telling me. Here, 
you know, read self-help books and say, oh, this actually applies to me. Because before that, I could read a self-help book and say, man, so-and-so really could use this. Or, boy, this would really help that other person. And it wasn't until I realized, okay, I'm perfect just the way I am. God sees me perfectly. Now, how do I exercise my perfection? That those tools and listening to other people go from point A to point B in their life and their relationships and their finances and their and their having their business explode and those things. Once I realized who I was and who God was, it became effortlessly effortless for me and it radically changed my life. But it that was the foundation of it. Because I hadn't been I didn't know that when I was I was a child or anything. My parents were great parents, but, you know, I I certainly, in the world's view, heard more what was wrong and wrong with what I was doing than how wonderful I did things. Well, and I remember reading, was it the slight edge where it talked about how many times a person hears no versus yes in their first five years of life? It was one of the self-help books. Right, and the slight edge is by Jeff Olson. We don't totally endorse him, but it's a wonderful book for people that want to see the importance of continuing to have success. It is, and it talked about the, I think it was the no versus yes, and it was something like you hear yes 500 times. I mean, these are arbitrary numbers, and you hear no 15,000 times by the time that you're five years old. And so if you think about that from a programming factor you're already feeling guilty before you even know what a feeling is if no is because no has a negative connotation and so yeah like you can't do that no would be even oh you can't do that right limiting belief and so really those are also seeds that are that are being planted and i think i talked last week about the hearing my dad say that i was lazy so much that it became who I was, even though it wasn't who I wanted to be. And so, nice flirty eyes, honey. And so, through the power of reprogramming, you know, it's kind of like if you have a if you have a virus in a computer, then you need to re- do some reprogramming and defragging, and I'm totally re- not a totally, computer person. And so totally I Totally wipe this. it out and reboot everything. Right. And wipe out all your wrong beliefs about yourself. That's what Katie's getting to, is you wipe out those wrong beliefs about yourself. And reboot to who you truly are. And part of the process is planning the words, speaking the words of how, for us, how our creator sees us, but not just that. Right. Um, and expanding in all the good. Right. And I think about in the last couple of years, uh, I say this a lot, wealth and prosperity follow us everywhere we go. I'm so excited today that we're going to meet somebody that is going to either introduce us to a client or refer us to a client or there's going to be some kind of an exchange of relationship where our business is going to continue to increase and we're going to continue to grow. I'm so excited that my marriage is prospering even though there are times uh, that it doesn't feel that way. The other night I had a hard time sleeping and I woke up and I got really frustrated and I said, I don't know what is wrong with me. And very, before I was even done talking, Kurt said, nothing's wrong with you. You're perfect. You're just perfect. You're beautiful. And he started washing me and planting truths back into my mind because 
it's amazing how fast our minds can naturally turn from positive to negative and we can be way down the negative train before we even realize that we've just undone a lot of programming that we had been doing. Does that make sense? I'll tell. And so can I ask you a question? How did I get to be good, so good looking? How did you get? I was get... born that way. <laughs> Is that your question? No, but I like the how, sparkle. How did I go get, get so strong and, and uh, getting leaner every day? Uh, by believing I was strong and leaner and then going and applying that in the gym. The work ethic came after the belief was there. Right. You had to believe that you were that in order to become that. So where would you see the biggest transformation for you has been where you can see night and day black and white transformation from projecting positive into your life, planting tons and tons of seeds, and seeing the harvest is plentiful. Is there any certain category besides your marriage and your hot baby sitting right across from you? Or? No, certainly uh, business and and you know contracts and that kind of stuff. It's you know Katie Katie touched on the wealth and prosperity follows us everywhere, and I I don't I don't necessarily say those things or think those things. I just think I'm a multi-multi-millionaire, soon to be a billionaire, and therefore uh, people are attracted to doing business with us. And in that, people approach us. A couple of years ago, as an example, you know, we, we had a pretty big contract that fell through at the last minute, and we had geared up for it and had passed up some other, some other work in the, in the, in that time of the year because it's, it's a slower time of the year. It was during the winter and, you know, as in the construction business, that's can be a slower time of year, but we had, we thought we had this really pretty secure job. Everything was, you know, buttoned up and we were supposed to do the job and things didn't work out and it fell through. And, you know, rather than Katie and I getting all like bummed, like, what are we going to do now? We passed up these other jobs. We went to the gym. We just thought, you know, something's going to, because of who we are, something will present itself that's even better than that. And that's all we thought. We didn't, you know, we briefly talked about it, that Katie, probably wealth and prosperity follows me everywhere I go. And, you know, for me, I'm a multimillionaire becoming a, quickly becoming a billionaire. Mm -hmm. And knowing that people, you know, everything I put my hand to prospers and therefore, you know, if I shake somebody's hand, it's going to produce a result, that con that type of concept. And we go to the gym and, you know, this happens in the morning. We go to the gym, you know, mid-afternoon. We run into a general contractor that, you know, we had no relationship with him before. We, had, we only vaguely knew who he was. Didn't even know if he really totally knew what we did. And he, you know said hi, which he had never done at the gym before. And then he said, hey, does your crew have time to do this job? Well, what that job ended up being is more than double what the one that had just passed by. And that was all because we changed the belief about our reality. Well, and the coolest part about that job was the first job that was lined up. We were thinking Kurt and myself and maybe one or two other people to do the job, the job that we ended up getting put five people to work for 
X amount of time, and so it didn't only benefit us, but it also helped five other people. And so that's the cool thing about it is prepare to be amazed, and that one did kind of blow my mind. But since then, it's like that's just how our life works. And we we talk about business a lot. The thing is, is Kurt and I, we're, we're in marriage, and we're in business, and we work out, and... We do everything together. A lot of people are like, I can't believe that you guys do everything together. Don't you get sick of each other? And we really don't. We kind of get bored if the other one has something that they have to do. That- I'm not saying we don't we don't have relationships, you know, where it's one-on-one, where Katie goes and meets with people or spends time with her friends or Oh, whatever. we have those kind of relationships. You know, and, I, and, I, and I watch documentaries and stuff <laughs> that she's not really interested in and shows that she's not interested in. So, you know, we're, we're real and human you know, that even though we love to spend time together, we we also have moments in time where it, we're not together and it shows how much more we appreciate being together. Absolutely. Where I was going with that was where we used to be before we had a harvest in our heart of plentiness, where we were, um, it was like, man, if he could just get a job where he was Katie gone for six months. had some bad mentors in her life, <laughs> uh, women. No, actually, I was sort of a jerk. <laughs> Probably a lot of truth on both, right? <laughs> there was. We were both lost. She was saying, a, if he could just get a job and, and go away for six months with man at a time be, and, and just put money in the bank account, it'd be real good. <laughs> and I could just do my thing and live my life, then this would be a healthy relationship. And what I have found out through this process of being each other's number one fans and support is it's really awesome to have companionship, have friendship, and to have union, and to be on the same page. Um, when I talked about vulnerability, I didn't have the ability to be vulnerable with Kurt because I didn't know what that looked like. Nothing against my parents, but they didn't. Communication wasn't a strong suit in my upbringing as well as in my life. And so it was really learning how to communicate through vulnerability that then allowed me to start communicating with Kurt and sharing. And an interesting stat I that I read somewhere along the way, my mind absorbs a lot of information, but women will dream all day long, but they, nine times out of ten, they won't allow themselves a vulnerability to share their dreams for fear of disappointment or rejection. Is it a little different for men? Oh, men, men might share their dreams, but they don't really, a lot of times, don't really expect them or believe it's possible. Right. And And that's, you know, where we were getting earlier with, you know, believing that, you know, because of who we are, that nothing's impossible, that everything is possible. If we dream it and we and we visualize what it feels like and we talk about it and we, you know, have conversations about those experiences, that they become real. Right, because every word that we speak is naturally producing life or death in our life. And we heard, we went to some seminar thing in Hawaii on King Hamehameha, wasn't that? Yeah, the king, the king that united all, all the Hawaiian islands together. And of course, there, there's lots of people that believe, oh, he he actually was a conqueror and took over and dominated these other people. And then the people that were on his side, right? No, he united everything, and we all became one big happy family. So it's all perspective. But right. what Katie was getting at, what were you getting at with that? Well, didn't didn't they say? Didn't the ancestors actually say that the the tribes and the culture believed that 
whenever King Kamehameha spoke. Kamehameha. Kamehameha? I think so. <laughs> Kamehameha. You can look it up, King of Hawaii. Anyway, whenever he spoke, his words had the power to produce life or death. And I just thought it's, it, it's one of those things as a spiritual principle, no matter if you're religious or not religious or if you're atheist or agnostic or whatever that belief is, is it's one of those things. It's a, it's a spiritual principle. And so I just thought that's so interesting that they surrounded themselves around this leader that he produced a lot of life. And then he guarded their hearts, and there was a lot of death. But it started to make me think about kind of my culture, our association, kind of where we're going in life. And do you think that it's an effect, or do you feel an effect when you're around people who are cheering you on, and you're talking about what they're doing and what their dreams are, and and kind of oh, it's wonderful. You know, one thing Katie and I have is we have some friends that are like that, that encourage us and support us and are willing to, to talk to us about what our dreams are. And, you know, those are, those are important friends to have because they, they help water your garden and what becomes your reality. Right. 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 And then there's also the people, you know, there's also a, a foundational truth in, trusting and listening to your instinct on what you allow yourself to share with some people because some people are kind of like crabs in the bucket and they're like yeah 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 i'm really happy for you but if you've ever put one crab in a bucket it can climb out but if you put two crabs in the bucket the second crab will we'll always never let the other one get right out. it'll always pull it'll always pull that crab that almost gets free back down to him and you know i think a lot of people it goes back to a you know addiction or well, addiction is such a prime example because most of the time addictions can start to pan themselves out if your association changes just from the fact that you're getting out of a toxic environment. And so the reason that I brought this up is it's the same thing with planting the seeds. Is Are there, are there toxic seeds being planted? Are there people who are trying to pluck out the seeds that you're planting? Or are there people who are going, hey man, let's put the garden hose in Let's weed out the garden and tend to it together and let's run at life and kick some serious ass and enjoy the benefits and the joy. And we've had such a fun time allowing ourselves to open up with certain couples and certain right. friends as well as individual people in our life. It's been so exciting to just be able to go, man, the water faucet's on and it's abundant and we can all just encourage and uplift and say, I can't wait. I'm so excited that this is going to happen or... I can't wait for that to happen for you or, you know. Right. What you believe becomes your reality. We've talked about this several times, and, and this goes to this point because it's not always people we know. You know, I, I like to drink uh, sugar-free energy drinks, and we were in the store one day, and I heard this, uh, you know, this lady, like, chewing out her husband saying, you can't get those, you're going to get a heart attack, blah, 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 and, I told him, don't believe anything what she's saying, and I grabbed a whole bunch of them and filled our cart with more that day than probably ever because <laughs> I was guarding my heart. It wasn't really about him because, you know, there's there's a lot to do with, you know, we talk a lot about finances and and that kind of stuff, but there's a truth in the health thing as well. You know, we sort of joke about it that sometimes when you go to a health food store, they're the sickest people that you'll ever see. 
not everybody, but some of the people I go to those stores. And the reason is, is because they've convinced themselves and believe so greatly that if they eat this or they eat that, that they're going to be sick and they're not going to be healthy if they don't. That it naturally manifests. And it so... becomes their reality. And because work is, is miserable, they cheat and then they're like about dying from their cheating and breaking, falling off the deal because, you know, there's the other spiritual principle that the law produces death. That when you put these crazy rules and crazy regulations on yourself, it produces death. And we think of it in the, you know, with the health stuff, you know, the divine health, what, you know, we believe we're divine healthy. We're, we have divine health because we we're created that way. God created us that way. But it took a while to get there. We also think of physical health, that because we're born and created perfectly, that we can go to the gym and get the results that we're supposed to have rather than, man, I got to go to the gym today and it's really miserable to go to the gym because, gosh, I got to work so hard. And it's like, no, I, I'm just going to go because I'm, I know I'm going to win. I'm going to get what I want. Well, and can right? I give a little back context to, <laughs> I only laugh because it's pretty funny, but Kurt has come a long way and I've come a long way in the divine health aspect there was a time in our marriage when we were label readers and could not have high fructose corn syrup in our house and we couldn't use a microwave and we put all these restrictions and we were because we believed wrong things we we had people planting the wrong seeds into our heart and, and we didn't became... have we didn't have any freedom around food and we were miserable and we were continuing to get sick and continuing to get gain weight and nothing was working because in our because we were doing it from the wrong reason because we didn't have a true understanding the true understanding is our body was created perfectly and it has an awesome filtration system it takes what we need and it filters out the rest and so it comes over it, this has been a, a process and so where we're out today if right now you just got really radically rattled when Kurt said that I just want to give a little backstory and say that there was a time when we couldn't have certain things in our house because we put those restrictions on and we experienced the death that came to us because we were focusing on the negative rather than the positive. And so really that's it. And the positive is we have a perfect filtration system that flushes out everything we don't need. Right, and things work in our life. And if one thing fizzles out and doesn't look the way we thought it should, there's always something bigger, brighter, and better that is coming into fruition and it's just, are we going to look at, I always think of Winnie, was it Winnie the Pooh with ER who was like, nobody <laughs> I, likes me, everybody I, hates me, I'm going to go eat worms. Was yeah, that I ER? Think, I, I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. I wasn't <laughs> Did really you a, like my impression? I wasn't really a kid. I just like you. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Impression or not impression. She does great impressions. I actually. do. Someday maybe I'll talk to you about when we're uh, packing the cot, Harvard Yard. But today we're going to stick on subject. <laughs> you know, here... We're going to wrap this up real quickly, and um, here's the really good thing about what we're sharing here is regardless of where you're at health-wise, regardless of where you're at financially, regardless of any of those things, regardless of your relationship, here's what we know works from our own personal experience is have people in your life that sow truth in who you are. And secondly start to view yourself the way God views you and 
God created all of us as his masterpiece. You know, everybody is his masterpiece. And he, he or she or whatever you believe that is, totally loves and adores you and wants you to win. And, and has given you every tool to have wealth, to have prosperity in, in everything you do, relationships, business, whatever that is. He's given you all the tools to create the life that you desire. Speak what you want, visualize what you want, and watch it come into fruition. And remember that you're worthy wherever there might be a doubt or a voice that creeps in and says, oh, I don't know if what they're saying, if it doesn't resonate, you're worthy. You are worthy to win, win, and win again. And so we're excited for, for where everybody's going and for all of our listeners. And, and thanks for tuning in to the Real Life Podcast with Kurt and Katie Adkins. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us at forfreedom5 at yahoo.com. That's F-O-R-F-R-E-E-D-O-M 5 at yahoo.com. Check out our book on Amazon. It's What If by Kurt and Katie Adkins. 15 topics worth discussing for lifelong happiness. And we also have an occasional blog that when we're inspired to write it, we put it out and that's on expandingtheeyeofthestorm.com. Have a wonderful day.